right, you guys are awake and, and ready to go. Hey, for those of you that don't know, my name is Shayla. I am actually Pastor TJ's wife, and I get the honor of communicating God's word to you today. Pastor TJ, this weekend, is actually preaching at another local church in Plantation. They're a church plant there. This weekend, they were supposed to have a guest speaker who wasn't able to come at the last minute. And so TJ is over there getting to share with their congregation. And it's such a blessing for us to get to support the local church because we're not in competition. We're in community with people. And so I want you guys to know that you're part of a a church that believes in the local church in general. And so I'm excited that TJ gets to be over there doing that. Well, for those of you that don't know, maybe you've been living under a rock, I don't know, that next weekend is like the Super Bowl of church. It's pretty much, you know, it's Easter weekend. And um, we want to make it easy for you guys to invite a friend or a family or a coworker. You know, statistics say, and studies have said that if you invite someone to church on Easter that you have a relationship with, that's a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, somebody that you've done somewhat of life with, if you invite them to church on Easter, the majority of people will say yes to an invite. And so what a great opportunity just to share with somebody about something you love, and maybe they'll come and love it too, and God will do something transformational in their life. So there's invite cards on your chair. Take some of those with you. Invite a cashier as you're checking out at Publix, whatever that looks like. Also, just want to quickly welcome everybody that's watching us online today. We're so excited that you guys are with us this morning. I want to share with you that we do have a 7 a.m. service next weekend outside on the lawn. So for those of you that may have been watching online for a long time, this is a safe place for you to come and to distance yourself as much as you want, but still be able to be there in person. So we want to invite you guys to do that. We would love to see your face, give you an air five, of course, no hug or, you know, anything like that, unless you want one. Um, but we're excited about Easter next week, so I hope that you guys invite somebody. Well, I want to start off today's message just by saying a quick prayer over us, because I believe that God has imparted some things into, into my life over the last couple weeks. God's been challenging me and doing some things in my life personally that I want to share with you. But here's, here's what I know. God's word says that when we communicate God's word, that it does not return void. It accomplishes something in our life. And God's word is like seed, and that seed is good seed, but the seed is only as good as the soil that it's planted in. Yeah. And today, there is the soil of our hearts that is here and that is present today, and I just want to pray that God would prepare our hearts to receive the word that he wants to give to us. And so if you guys will allow me to, I'm going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for the privilege of communicating the truth of your word. And God, I pray that your, would, your word would accomplish what you set it out to accomplish, God, that our hearts would be soft towards you, God, that our hearts would receive the word, that we would put application to it, and it would bring a harvest of transformation in our life, Father. So we are ready to receive what it is that you want to communicate to each and every one of us individually, Father. Prepare us for that, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, hey, I just want to start off with a quick question for you guys. If you'll raise your hand and keep it up when I ask this question, how many of you guys are walking through something or experiencing something or needing God to show up and to do something in some area of your life? Just keep your hands up. Could be financial, could be relational, could be in your kids, 
Could be you need a breakthrough in your job or your career. I just want you to look around for a second. There are so many of us in this place that are walking through something where we need God to show up. You can put your hands down. Every single one of us need God to show up and we need to have him do a miracle. We need a breakthrough. We need wisdom. We need clarity. We're walking through things in life where we need God to show up and do a movement of some sort in our life. And I don't know, how many of you guys were, were here for Pastor Emmy last week? Man, Pastor Emmy, he is like the spitfire Puerto Rican from the Bronx who is just crazy all over the place, like spazzing out, ADD. I am the complete opposite of that. But man, Pastor Emmy talked about last week about our view of God and our perspective of God. And if we can elevate our perspective of God and expect God to do big things in our life, our God can and our God will. But the reality is, is a lot of us are facing these moments where we need God to show up and to do something transformational in situations and circumstances in our life. And I want to start off today, I want everybody to take out their notes page off of their chair, and I want you to grab a pen, and I want you to write down the one word or the one thing that you need God to show up and do in your life. You can write down, maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's in your kids. Maybe it's in your job. I don't know what that is, but I just want you to just quick jot down what is that area right now that you need God to show up and to do a miracle or to do a breakthrough in your life? Because I believe God can. I believe he will. I believe that he cares about every intricate detail of our life, both big and small. And as I was thinking over these past few weeks and I was, I was allowing God to do some work in my own heart and challenging me in some things in my own life, I just figured I'd let you in on that journey. I don't have it all figured out, but I really felt like God was saying, Sheila, you need to share this process with other people. And this, it's this idea of the meantime moments of life. And I want to explain this and unpack this a little bit. I think all of us have this timeline in our life, right? We all have this timeline of these big moments that have happened, these monumental moments, these good moments, these life-altering moments, these challenging moments that have altered the course of our life. We all have this timeline that we've walked through, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a career, whether it's a financial breakthrough, whether, you know, no matter what it looks like, we have these big markers along the way in life. For me, when I was, one of my big markers was when I was five years old and sitting in the back of my parents' station wagon. I felt this overwhelming sense that I just needed to invite God into my heart as a young child. Nobody leading me through it. I just had like this awareness, man, I want God to come into my life. And so as a five-year-old in the backseat of my parents' car, I just prayed a simple prayer. Jesus, I need you to come into my heart. I remember where we were driving. I remember what we were driving by in that moment because when you have that experience with God, it's really transformational. It's something that you remember even as a five-year-old. And I know in life, you know, I walked through things and challenging things that kind of made bad decisions and went different directions. So at 19, I remember having a similar experience and rededicating my life to Christ. I remember one of those monumental moments for me was getting engaged and married to TJ. And with TJ, every moment is monumental. You know, make sure you tell him I said that. But getting married to TJ, and then there's moments in our life that aren't so pleasant but shape the course of our life, right? I remember TJ and I getting a diagnosis from a doctor that said, you will never have biological children. 
change the course of our life. It's like one of those moments on the timeline that just shifts everything. I remember making a decision to plant this church over 11 years ago. I remember the first message I spoke, standing up there shaking, terrified, just like I am every single time I speak. I remember making the decision to become foster parents, welcoming that foster child and everything, the good and the bad and the difficult moments that came along with all of those things. I remember finding this property that we're on right now and moving into this building and we're about to expand this building and we're going to expand into other locations and all of these different things, but there's these huge markers along the timeline of life, right? Like we can all identify some of those things in life, but what God has been challenging me in lately is not to believe for the monumental thing. It's not the monumental things. It's Shayla, what are you doing about the time in between the monumental? What are you doing in the meantime? Because there is more meantime than there is monumental on the timeline. So what are we doing in the meantime moments of our life where we're waiting for God to show up and to do the miracle in our finances? What are we doing in the meantime moments of our life where we're waiting for God to show up and do a miracle in our relationship? What are we doing in the meantime moments of our life where we're waiting for God to provide that career that we've worked so hard for and we've been praying for? What are we doing in the meantime moments of our life? I looked up the definition of meantime, and it says the time before something happens or before a specific period ends. Some of you guys are like, I'm waiting for this period to end. <laughs> but I think we, we tend to think that what happens in the meantime of our life is not as important as the highlights, as the monumental, as the big things. And so we tend to go from highlight to highlight without giving much value to the trivial, the everyday, the meantime moments of life. And it's almost as if we're just kind of living and enduring the ordinary moments just to bide our time till the next extraordinary, the next big thing. But I think we need to understand that what happens in the meantime of our life where the ordinary everyday life happens is vitally important to what God wants to do in those big, huge timeline moments of our life. And how we steward, the, I think the meantime is actually the breeding ground for the monumental. And I think a lot of us right now, if we don't maximize the meantime, we'll miss the monumental. And there's so many of us that are praying prayer or believing God for things and we're so desperate for God to move. But what are you doing in the meantime, in the waiting time? How are you working your weight? What are you doing in the meantime moments of life? So what I want to talk about today is how do we maximize the meantime? How do we make the most of every day and every opportunity while we're waiting for God to show up and to do the monumental things in our life? I'm actually going to talk to you out of a passage of scripture in Romans chapter 12 today in the message version. And Romans is a book of the Bible where Paul has talk, taught these people over and over again about all these big, about faith, about salvation. He's giving them all of these tools and resources about the Christian life. And then we get to chapter 12 and he starts it off like this. He says, so here's what I want you to do. Basically, I've given you all of this information. Now here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, 
You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and placed it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. So don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. That's basically, don't just keep doing the same things over and over. Just don't wander aimlessly. Don't just fit in and think that every day doesn't matter. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I think there is so much in this passage of Scripture that can give us tools and ways that we can maximize the meantime moments of our life. And the first thing that we're going to pull out of this is to find purpose in the process. See, this says to take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It's saying you need to find purpose in the process. Because I think so many of us, we want to get to the purpose part. But I actually think the process is the point. Because so many of us are like, man, God, I need you to show up in this area of my life. I need you to do this. I need this breakthrough. But so much of that happens in the meantime. It happens in the meantime moments of our life and how are we stewarding the every day that God has given us so that when the monumental thing shows up we are ready to handle it we're ready to steward what God has given us in Psalms 90:12 it says this so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom Basically, it's saying, Lord, teach me to maximize every day, to find purpose in the process. Teach me to understand that every single day, every single moment is important. Why? So I may gain a heart of wisdom. So God, when you bring those things to me, I know how to handle it. I know how to steward it. Because here's what I know, is so many of us are waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for God to move. Uh, Single people out there, you are waiting for your spouse. You've been praying. You've been, God, please bring this person to me. I want this relationship. I want to get married. I want all of these things. But that happens in the meantime. Because who are you becoming in the process? Are you preparing yourself to be a good wife or a good husband? What are you doing in the meantime so that when God does bring that, you are prepared to be the best version of yourself so that that can be a healthy, successful relationship? Some of you guys are going, man, God, I need a financial breakthrough in my life. But you know where that begins to happen? In the meantime. Because you're waiting for God to show up, but how are you working that weight? How are you working the meantime? Are you putting a budget into place? Are you watching your spending? Are you just continuing to spend, praying that God will show up and do a miracle while you remain the same? We need to learn how to maximize the meantime and to to become a better people. To put those things into practice so that when God does come through, because he can and he will, that we are prepared for what he's bringing us. How are you preparing for the career that you want? Are you stu- what are you doing in the meantime that is preparing you for the blessing and the miracle that you are asking God to bring? Because the meantime moments of our life, they matter. I want you guys to do an exercise this week, not right now, this week. When you guys are sitting down in the morning, 
Maybe it's while you're having your quiet time, because I know all of you guys do, because we've trained you so well. You've listened to everything that we've said, and so every morning you get up and you spend an hour with God. Just kidding. I know, I know the majority of us don't do that. I said us included, because I probably don't spend an hour. But when you get up in the morning, whether you're reading the newspaper or spending, eating, you know, eating, drinking your coffee, whatever it is, I want you to do this this week. Every morning, I want you to take out your phone, take out a notebook, do something. And I want you to write down three things that are going to take you towards what can you do today. Three things that you can do today that take you towards your desired outcome. If you desire financial freedom or financial breakthrough, what are three things that you're going to do that day that take you closer to that outcome? Maybe it's that you don't need to go through Starbucks that morning. Maybe it's that you need to take your lunch to work that day. Maybe this you need to, like, shut off your Amazon account. Hello, that's me. <laughs> TJ's like, Shayla, what did you get today? But so many of us have this desired monumental breakthrough in our life, but we're doing nothing in the meantime to produce the outcome that we so desire. So how are we being purposeful in the process? What are we doing that is purposeful in leading us towards our desired outcome? And every day, just write down, here's three things that I'm going to do today that's going to lead me towards the outcome that I want to do. So how are you preparing? We have to take our everyday, ordinary life and place it before God as an offering. We have to find purpose in the process of our ordinary, everyday. I mean, even think about this. So Easter's coming up. We know people say yes to an invitation. What if you're driving through Starbucks? Say no to Starbucks if you're on a budget and you need financial freedom. But what if you're driving through Dunkin' Donuts? It's a little cheaper. And you're driving through Dunkin' Donuts and you get to the window and you know what? You need God to do a miracle in your life. You need God to do some things. But while, how about while you're waiting for your miracle, maybe be a miracle for somebody else. Yep, right. And maybe God wants to steward these moments in your life. So how about you take out an invite card and you say, hey, I want to I pay for the person behind me. And will you just give them this card and let them know that I would love to invite them to Easter at my church? Man, you don't know. That person might have been saying, like, God, just give me a sign that you're real today. You don't know what somebody else is praying for. And if you live your life on purpose every single day, you're ordinary every day, going to work, going to sleep, walking around life with a sense of purpose, there will be transformation that happens in other people's lives as well as your life. And we have to begin to find purpose in our everyday life. Continuing on in Romans, it says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Now think about this. When you fix your attention on something, it's something that you're focused on. It's something that you think about. It's something that you talk about. If, something, if you're fixed on something, it consumes so much of you. And this is saying fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. What do we want? We want our circumstances to change. We want God to show up in our circumstances. Well, this verse is saying, listen, if you want to see me change your circumstances, then what you need to do is make me a priority. You need to make God a priority. You need to fix your attention on God, and he will change you from what? The inside out. 
Why? Because it is about the meantime of our life. This is where he changes us from the inside so that we see the outward change on the exterior. But we have to begin to make God a priority. And I, I wish people get this. I know you're in church and you hear people say this all of the time. You need to put God first. You need to make God a priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard you say that a thousand times. We're in church. You're supposed to say that. But if you really did this, it would be transformational to every area of your life. The peace that you so desperately want, the healing that you so desperately want, the clarity that you so desperately want, the breakthrough that you so desperately want begins when you fix your attention on God. I had somebody walk out um, of service on, on Saturday night, and they said, Shayla, I actually began to put this into practice and make God a priority in my life a couple months ago. And she's like, it is crazy how much it has transformed my life to the point where my circumstances are crazy. But I am in so much peace that I just can't shut up about what God is doing on my life. Yeah. And if people would just get the fact that, man, if we could just make God a priority... It would change everything. In Matthew 6, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek what? First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? All of these things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and all of these things will be added unto you. And do you know what happens when we, when we seek God first and we make God a priority in our life? Our heart begins to align with God's heart. Our desires become what God desires for our life, and it makes it a whole lot easier for all of these things to be added unto you because your heart is aligned with the one that knows the purpose for your life. You know, in the Bible, there's over 7,000 promises about what God can do in our life but you know that the majority of those promises actually have a premise? And what a premise is, is it means in, means in order to enact that promise, in order for that promise to be fulfilled, there is something that you have to do to see that happen. And see, I think what a lot of us are doing, myself included, we are asking God to go to work on our behalf, but we're unwilling to work. And if we would begin to make God a priority and to seek God first, all of these other things would be added unto you. And I know a lot of you are saying, that's great, Sheila. I've heard you say this over and over and over again, but I don't know how to do that. Like, this is like Greek Hebrew. I don't, I don't read that. I don't know what that is. I don't understand that. Every time I open it, I'm just confused. I don't even know where, where do I even start. And I hear people say this all of the time. So I'm going to give you a couple tools today. So take out your phone so you can download some apps or take a picture. But there's one tool that makes it so easy to read the Bible and devotionals and all of these things, and it's the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have this downloaded on your phone right now, it is amazing because on there are so many devotionals that make God's Word so practical and relevant to your life. It actually goes as far as to if you're walking through something, Let's say you, you want to you know how um, to, to pray. You want devotionals on prayer. All you have to do is put in prayer. It'll bring up hundreds of thousands of devotionals on prayer that you can begin reading, and it gives you some scripture, and then it gives you some insight to that scripture that helps you understand and apply it to your life. 
It's an easy tool to help you just to start to begin to put God first in your life, to make God a priority. And what's so cool about it is you actually, when you select a devotional, you can invite friends to read that devotional with you within the app. You guys can comment back and forth. You can share your thoughts. It's like accountability with your friends where you're talking about it and and sharing with one another what you're learning. It's amazing if we would just do it. I mean, we hand you guys, every quarter, we hand you guys these daily devotionals. How many of you guys get these, read these? These are amazing. We have so many people say, man, we love these things. We have some available out at all the first impressions desks, but it's just a quick, it'll maybe take you three minutes a day. There's a scripture, there's insight, there's stuff that you can do that you can say, God, I'm going to make you a priority this morning, and I'm going to begin to get to know you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to get insight to your word. And it can be transformational to your life. And it's not overwhelming. It's not difficult. People are like, Sheila, I don't, I don't know what God's voice sounds like. I've never heard him speak. I've never, you know, all of those things. Listen, he has spoken in his word over and over and over again. And all you have to do is pick it up and you will hear God's voice. And if you want to hear it audibly, just read it out loud to yourself. But there are so many tools to help you make God a priority, and it's not difficult. It's not hard, and it's so applicable to our life. And if people could just get this, it would be transformational. I mean, even with prayer, people are like, Shayla, you're such a good prayer. I said, well, but all, we do, all I do is talk to God. That's all prayer is, is a conversation with God. Some of the best prayers I've heard, honestly, is in a group of people that are like, I don't know how to pray, so they just talk to God. There's swear words in there. There's, you know, like what? I mean, it's crazy. But you know what? They're talking to God how they would talk to their friend. And God wants an intimate relationship with you. And the only way to get a relationship is to spend time with someone. And the more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know them. But we expect something out of a relationship that we've never invested in. And listen, God wants good things to your life, and he will show up. But God is most concerned with who you are becoming in the process so that you can handle the things that he wants to bring to your life. I think when we think about Christianity, we think about these elaborate rules and regulations and all of these things that are so overwhelming for us to accomplish. And we think of Christianity that way, but it's really not. It's really such a simple, easy thing to walk out in our life. There's a group of people in the book of Micah that have screwed up, messed up, and they're trying to figure out how do I find my way back to God? How do I make amends for what's been broken? And so they go through all of these lists of things. I want to read it to you. It says, what can we bring the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before the God most high with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him a thousand rams or 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? Like they're making it so like I have to do so much in order to be right with God. In verse 8, it says, it says, No, people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Listen, do what's right. Let's just be a just person. To love mercy, that means be kind, do good deeds, have gentleness present in your life to extend to other people. And then to walk humbly with your God. 
That word humbly there actually means lowly, modest, or submissive. And to walk humbly with God, those aren't bad words, submissive or lowly or modestly. That just means we have an attitude that says, God, I can't do this without you. I need you. And if we will approach our life like that, if we will approach our relationship with God like that, and we will go to him and we will read a devotional in the morning, and we will pray and we'll just, throughout the day, man, God, I'm struggling right now. I need you to give me peace. And we begin to have this conversation. We approach our relationship with God with a humble heart going, I can't do this. I need you. It begins to shift things in our life. So we have to find purpose in the process. We have to make God a priority. And then the last thing is this. Continuing on in Romans 12, it says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Number three that we have to do if we want to maximize the meantime is we have to respond. And I actually think that this is the part we as the church as individuals, we, we lack in this area of our life, the response part. Because we, right now, in this culture, in this day and age, we have access to more content, more information, more sermons, more devotionals, more information than we ever have in the history of the world. We have access to more content. So it's not that we don't know what to do. It's that we struggle doing it. And I think there's a lot of us, and, and this is honestly one of the biggest struggles as pastors and leaders, is that you give people this information, you give great information, whether it's a marriage series or a financial series or whatever series you're in, you, you have people that are walking in and they're struggling and they're in broken relationships or broken finances and they come in and you give all of this information that you know can be transformational if they would just do something with it and you have people that take the notes and that walk out of here and they go, man, great message, pastor. And then they walk away and they do nothing to change their situation. See, information alone does not bring transformation. We can have all of the information, and this is something that God has been challenging me in so much, is, Shayla, you can keep taking in the information, but just having the knowledge doesn't change anything. It's information plus application that brings transformation. I think a lot of us, we sit in church, and we hear information or we read God's word and we walk away, but we never do anything with it. And we're wondering why we're not seeing things happen in our life. We're wondering why this hasn't happened and this hasn't happened is because we're just receiving all of this information, but never doing anything with it. You know, in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, it says this, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the master, now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him, well-constructed on him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. You know, we can sit in environments like this week in and week out. 
We can take the notes. We can walk away and we can file those notes with all of our other notes that we keep at home in our little like binder of notes from church. And we look back at them every now and then. But can I tell you something, church? It's time to quit reading the notes and start living the notes. If you want to see transformation happen in your marriage, in your finances, in your relational world, you have to put application to the information that you have. You have to maximize the meantime moments in your life so that God can do the monumental. And I think if we could grab a hold of this and we could begin to put application to the information, life would completely look different. And my prayer is that you would recognize the importance of the meantime moments. While you're waiting for the breakthrough, that you would maximize the meantime. I want you to do one other thing before you leave today. You take those notes back out and I want you to write down one action step that you're going to take when you walk out of here that brings application to what you just learned. Maybe it's, I'm going to download the version app and pick a devotional. Maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to go think about, or I'm not going to think about, I'm actually going to start to put down a budget that I need to live by so that I can see the financial breakthrough in my life. You know what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a conversation that I've needed to have a difficult conversation that I've been needing to have. What is the application that you're walking away from today that you're going to do when you walk out of here that's going to lead you closer to the purpose or the breakthrough that you want to see God do in your life? And listen, I know there's some of you guys in here today that you're in a deep, dark place right now. That life feels overwhelming. That you've lost hope. And you found yourself like in this darkness where you're just so desperate for peace. You're so desperate for healing. And you're just realizing, man, I'm in so deep and I don't even know how to even begin to get out of this. I just tell you, God sees you right where you are. And the greatest thing that you can do in that moment is to recognize that no, you can't do it on your own. And you need something greater than yourself. You need a moment that you just surrender and say, God, I can't do this. Like, I need your strength. I need something greater than myself to rescue me out of this despair. And I know that there's probably some of you in here that you've never made a decision for Christ. But there is a God that loves you so much that actually created you with this amazing and beautiful purpose. That brought you here today, not by accident, but with so much intention because he wanted you to know that he sees you in the moment that you're in. And he is here to rescue you and to pull you out of that darkness. But all you have to do is just surrender and say, God, I need you. I welcome you into this space of my life.
God, would you come in and lead my life? Would you come in and rescue me from this place that I can't rescue myself from? So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today, maybe that's you today. Maybe you've reached a place and an awareness where you're saying, I surrender. I can't do this by myself. God, I need you. And maybe this is the first time you're praying this prayer and saying, God, I invite you into my life. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time because you've walked away and you've done your own thing and you are so desperate for freedom. If you find yourself in that place, I would love to pray for you today. So on the count of three, I would just ask that you lift your hand and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Yes, I see you. One. Yes, I see you too. Yes, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Nine. Let's pray. If you'll just repeat in your heart as I pray out loud. Jesus, today I surrender. God, I've tried to do this on my own. I've tried to figure this out. But God, I need you. I need a savior, I need a rescuer, I need a deliverer. And God, I surrender my life to you and I welcome you into my life today, God, and I ask you to do what I could never do and that's to give me freedom and salvation, God, to allow me to walk in the purpose that you have designed for my life. So God, I welcome you today and I ask, God, that you would bring me peace, forgiveness, healing, and deliverance from my despair. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. For those of you guys that just said that prayer as a church, we want to be there to resource you, to walk alongside of you, to help you understand the decision that you just made. And we have some tools and resources and a ministry team available in the hub, which is directly across from the coffee bar. And they want to give you some tools and ways that, that will help you along to understand this journey of faith that will make it easier for you to take those steps. And maybe you're somebody that you're just walking through something difficult right now, and you could use somebody to pray for you and encourage you. Stop by the hub. There's people there that would love to be able to just give you a breath of fresh air and encourage you this morning, to pray over you this morning. So please don't leave here today if you're struggling and you could use that. You know, also after service, we have water baptism. Water baptism is a huge step in the Christian faith. And I think there's a lot of us that we've said a prayer or made a decision, and baptism is kind of that next step. And maybe it's never a step that you have taken, but there's so much significance in this step. You know, the significance of baptism is kind of like it's an outward profession of an inward commitment that you've made. It's kind of like when you get married, what do you do? You put on a wedding ring that's a, that's a symbol of the commitment that you've made to your spouse. And the same is true of baptism. It's like a symbol of a decision, a commitment that we've made to follow God. And what's amazing about it is there's so much symbolism that, in this. When, when you get water baptized, what it's basically saying is my old life is gone and new life has come. And I don't know about you, but I could use some new life. I would like to see the old life kind of gone, dead, behind me. And I want to walk in freedom in new life. 
So if that's a decision that you want to make today, we're prepared for you. We have towels. We have a change of clothes. We have all of those things out there. If that's a decision that you want to make today and say, Shayla, I want to walk in the newness of life and leave this old life behind me. And so Pastor Josh and a team is out there after service. You can just go to those tables, grab the clothes, sign up um, to be baptized, and Pastor Josh will walk you through that. Also, we would love for you guys just to go out and celebrate those people that are making that decision. Let's cheer for them. Let's be excited about this monumental decision that they've made in their faith journey. And so I, I actually hope that we will see you guys back here next weekend. Maybe Saturday night would be great, you know, if, if you...